Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello Trojan fans and welcome to episode number 151 of the Peristyle Podcast. Today is January 3rd, 2011 and we have a very special show for you this week. On the podcast again, we are on the road. I am actually in San Antonio, Texas for the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. So we're going to do a big recruiting show this week on the podcast. Sorry it's a little late. Um, they, the West squad, I flew in late last night on Sunday. The West squad had uh, early practice on Monday, so we were down there with the USCfootball.com recruiting analyst Gerard Martinez, and we, we took in practice. We shot a lot of video. There's five commitments for USC on the West squad, and there's several players that are being recruited on both the West and the East squads from the USC coaching staff. So we'll have a lot of information on all of those, and you can check out uscfootball.com all week. It's a, it's a big week for recruiting. Uh, there's the, the uh, Under Armour game going on in Florida as well. That happens on Wednesday. Uh, there's a lot more USC players at the Army game in San Antonio. And this is my opinion. It's just a better all-star game. It's just really well done with the U.S. Army. They really get behind it. Get a lot of people in the stands in the Alamo Dome. And it's it's a lot of fun. The whole city of San Antonio kind of embraces this all-star game. A lot of media come down here. And uh, a lot of Rivals.com reporters are here. So there's a lot of updates going on on USCfootball.com and Rivals.com in general. And we're going to talk to you specifically about what is going on with those USC recruits. Um, as always, if you have any questions or comments, you'll drop us an email podcast at USCfootball.com. I'll try, I'm going to try to do some of your questions in this first segment. Uh, so what we're going to plan today, we're going to do, we're not going to have Harvey High. We're not going to have Dan Weber, unfortunately. And if you missed Dan Weber's story on USCfootball.com this week, it came out uh, actually yesterday, Sunday, about the NCAA, you should certainly check it out. We got a bunch of emails and, uh, and one voicemail about that. We're going to try to have Dan on next week and talk to him about that. But just because of the timing of how this all worked out, we really got to focus on recruiting this week. But Dan had a really special story on USC and the NCAA going after the NCAA underbelly. And uh, it was really interesting. So hopefully you guys can check it out. Go to uscfootball.com for that. But what we're going to do today on the show, I'm going to get to some of your questions. I'll just running this solo. I'm actually in the war room, the media room here uh, in San Antonio at the, the Players Hotel where all the media members are kind of working, uh, digesting all the information we gathered from practice today and interviews and things like that. So I will give you an update on what was going on and answer your questions. And I have an interview with uh, Cody Kessler, the uh, USC quarterback commit out of Bakersfield uh, Centennial High School in Bakersfield, California. It looks really good. He threw the ball well today. We talked to him about what, what went on in practice, so you can hear directly from him our exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with Cody Kessler. Uh, then we'll take a quick break, and we'll go to Gerard Martinez. He's uh, working away right now, writing stories, so we're going to catch up with him in a little bit, and that'll finish off our show. So um, let's get right to it. And again, I apologize for kind of having a different format the last couple of weeks, but, you know, being on the road, it's a, it's a little bit difficult sometimes. But this is some great recruiting stuff. So if, if you aren't into recruiting all that much, um, definitely start checking it out on uscfootball.com. We'll give you a lot of information here this week in the podcast, uh, this show, 
and uh, you check things out. This is the future of the program, especially with the USC and the sanctions are going through. Recruiting just becomes all that much more important. Uh, where do the guys like Matt Barkley camp come from? You know, um, Matt Barkley, you know, obviously one of the stars of the USC program. We saw him a couple of years ago here at the Army All-American game, and you get to talk to him. It's really kind of unique. And Cody Kessler's in that situation now where you're the quarterback uh, at one of these all-star games. And what ends up happening is you end up being the main recruiter. And I talked to him a little bit about that. But, all right, well, let's get to some of the questions. We have some general team questions. I'll try to answer all of these uh, on my own, even though some of them were for Coach Harvey Hyde or for, for Dan Weber. I'll try to get these, get you some answers to these, get your questions answered. We'll talk a little bit recruiting, and I'll play that Cody Kessler interview. So uh, first question is, uh, this is from Kevin, I believe. Of all the redshirt freshmen from last year, who are you look, looking forward most to seeing compete this spring? Uh, I think it's a really good question. And for me, hands down, it's got to be Kyle Prater. I mean, I, I think George Uko's up there. Uh, the defensive tackle, but Kyle Prater looks like a man. And it's when he started, you know, he was banged up a little bit early in the season, and he looked really good last spring and uh, just looked like a man among boys as a true freshman coming in early. And uh, now you get to see him this spring. I think he's going to be fully healthy. Uh, towards the end of the year, he was making some plays in practice, and when there was NFL scouts there, kind of looking around like, who is that guy? And there was a guy that's not even – eligible to play i mean he could have played but you had to burn his redshirt year so he's someone i think that can be very impressive a different kind of receiver for sure than robert woods but those two guys have a, a great chance of playing opposite each other um you know two five-star f- receivers that came in the same class would have been three uh if, if marquis ample stuck around uh, he could have he could have played well in that rotation as well but having woods on one side and, and prater on the other i think is a it's going to be a formidable duo. So he's probably the, the guy I'm looking forward to most uh, this spring. He also asked, do you feel that there will or should be changes made to the coaching staff? Uh, I don't think there should be. I mean, this is the first year. And, again, we've said this a number of times. It's a very difficult season. So many uh, stories going on throughout the season. They've been through a lot. Um, I don't know if there will be any changes. There, there are going to be some dominoes falling. And you've already heard a whole bunch of names switching uh, teams and, and people losing uh, assistant coaches and things like that. Because this staff isn't as established, I don't think you're going to be subject to some of that. Uh, there are guys with names like Ed Orgeron that could go places, and you know Kennedy Polo has been in the NFL. There, there's a lot of guys out there with big names, but you know a guy like Monty Kiffin isn't unless he wants to leave. Uh, he's not going anywhere. No one's going to be hiring a Monty Kiffin away. Um, you know, that's kind of a package deal with his son being the head coach and things like that. So there's some kind of a unique situation, but, you know, we're seeing Texas and different schools, Miami, all these schools are kind of getting involved and, and taking coaches and, and losing coaches and things like that. So some of those dominoes could have an effect on USC, but USC I don't think is in the in the crosshairs for a lot of that going on right now. We'll see. I, I don't anticipate much change there. There's not going to be any kind of wholesale changes or things like that, but there could be couple minor changes we'll have to see um kevin in lancaster wants to know uh with our appeal not scheduled until later this month that's uh, january 22nd i believe is the exact date do you see this staff signing a full class of 25 prospects or taking some sanctions i do think it's going to be a full class gerard and i didn't always agree on this um i think it could go i mean there's a couple different ways it could go we've talked about this a number of times but i do think that they're going to take as many guys as they possibly can. And they're going to try to get up close to 85. I think they'll be above 80. 
82, 83, somewhere like that. That's my personal feeling on what's going on. They brought in nine guys early. We put up a uh, breakdown of scholarship breakdown and position breakdown by class and all that up on uscfootball.com. You can check that out on the site. If you go to the front page and click under more, there's a scholarship breakdown. And we also had a story that went up there uh, a few days back so or a week or so ago. You can check that out, and uh, I think you can see what we, we feel is going on there. They can, you know, they're up to about, I think it was 72 at the last check, and obviously they're going to try to get a lot more. So they're going to try to boost that up and get as high as they can. Let me see. Hold on. I'll, I'll pull that up real quick before I tell you the exact uh, numbers there. But, yeah, I do see them getting uh, trying to get a full class, and I don't think they're going to stop at, at 20. They're not going to uh, – you know, stop at 80. I think they're going to go all the way through. So uh, 62, I'm sorry, not 72, 62 guys right now. Uh, they have 14. Last I checked, there was 14 commits, which brings you up to uh, 76. And I think they're going to definitely get a handful more. They might lose some. Um, you know, some guys not might, might not get in, things like that. But uh, I do see them getting a a full class there and, and doing whatever they can to bring, bring in as many bodies uh, into the program because they need to do that heading into the sanctions. Um, he also says, do you see the staff trying to get more players to enroll early this spring? If a kid enrolls early, there are no, uh, it, the scholarship doesn't count towards this year's class. It counts towards last year's class. And that's true. And that's, that's the way it's going to work. We do have, uh, there's nine early enrollees uh, that came that are have signed by USC and they can participate in spring ball. And we actually have a, uh, a voicemail question on that. So let me play that one for you as well. So this is uh, on our voicemail line. Here's a question on that. Hey, Ryan, this is Brandon. I just had a quick question for uh, Gerard Martinez. I was wondering if you could give a breakdown of uh, the early signees that we had these past few weeks for the guys who uh, weren't really on the recruiting radar. Um, if you could just give us a quick rundown of what kind of players they are, that'd be great. Thanks. Love the show. All right, Brennan. Well, thanks for that question. And uh, as a follow-up there from the question we just had as well, here's how that whole thing is going to play out. I'll kind of go through the guys. Um, Sorry, we can't. We're going to talk to Gerard a little bit later. Maybe he'll make a few more comments, but I'll just kind of give you my thoughts on the uh, the guys that they signed in there. There's uh, five high school guys and uh, four JC guys of the total of nine. And so some of the guys you know about, Cody Kessler we already talked about, uh, Centennial High School in Bakersfield, Max Wittick, uh, quarterback out of modern day. Uh, Max is participating in the Under Armour All-Star Game in Florida. Cody Kessler here in San Antonio. I think you guys know a lot about him. Uh, those guys, Soma Vanuku, uh, the fullback from Eureka, uh, he is who came in the last class, and um, now he's going to be enrolled early here for the uh, – but he still count towards the last class, um, so they need some fullback depth for sure. Uh, they got a place kicker, uh, Andre Hadari, uh, and a long snapper, Peter McBride. Um, Peter McBride's from Arizona, and uh, Andre is from Bakersfield, California, Stockdale High School. So those are the high school guys coming in. I think you've probably heard a lot about that. Some of the JC guys, not quite as well known, so we'll, we'll break them down a little bit. There's uh, two offensive linemen, uh, Jeremy Galton, uh, San Mateo Junior College, um, he was actually a two-time All-American uh, NorCal Conference first-team pick, excuse me saying that, um, as he played guard at San Mateo Junior College. And uh, they actually went 10-2 and two 
and won the conference title a couple of years back. And uh, he played both offensive and defensive linemen over at Hillsdale High School, and uh, that was in San Mateo. But he's a versatile guy, and uh, I think he's versatile enough to play tackle if that's where they need him to go. And I think that's kind of the theme of some of these players that they're bringing in. There, there's some versatility there. They can play some different spots. Um, David Gardness is the other guy. He's City College of San Francisco. Um, kind of was a hot name in recruiting during his sophomore season. He got an offer um, from USC first, actually, and then he got several other offers from the Pac-10, Washington, and other guys. Another versatile guy. Uh, he can actually play all five positions and was a full qualifier coming out of high school, played in Alaska, so obviously he's not going to be as well-known. Uh, but those are a couple of guys that can come in. They're both juniors, and their versatility will, I think, help them you know, add some depth to this offensive line. Uh, Dallas Kelly is a linebacker. looks like he's going to play Mike linebacker at USC, uh, Chaffee College, uh, JC, um, in Rancho Cucamonga. He was two-time state champion at Norco. And a uh, really aggressive player. And uh, I talked to Gerard about him. He really likes his, uh, the way he plays in the open field, making tackles. And USC certainly could use some help at uh, middle linebacker for sure. And then uh, one of the guys, the uh, cornerback, Isaiah Wiley, he's out of uh, a great high school power, West Monroe in uh, Louisiana. A really good high school football program. And I think all these guys are coming from really good high school football programs. That's one of the, the common themes, I guess you could say, about some of these players, and uh, he's out of uh, Arizona Western uh, Junior College in uh, Yuma, Arizona. Um, he's good size, good height, and I uh, can be pretty rangy as a cornerback. So definitely all play, you know, players that could come in and kind of help this program at least get on somewhere on the depth chart and help them out. And uh, you know, Gerard talked to him a little bit about that. We can try to talk to him in the next segment, but we're going to really try to focus on these guys here at the Army All American Game. Uh, for this next segment uh let's see so we got that one coach g has a few questions uh special specifically on the team uh, will a defense play put more emphasis on man coverage he hopes so uh well coach g i think you know i think they can it's part of their package everyone talks about the cover two the tampa two things like that but they do do some man stuff it's just i think for me it depends on what they feel comfortable with with the personnel i think there was times where guys maybe didn't show the best football IQ and they weren't able to execute the way this defense is supposed to execute. And I think the coaches need to realize that sometimes. And if there are situations where you'd be better off playing something that the players feel more comfortable in or their skill set kind of dictates where they'd be better in certain, you know, maybe in, in man coverage or press coverage in certain situations, I think you got to kind of to roll with that. And you know, it was the first year, obviously, of the staff being in there, and the more comfortable they feel with these players and they, you know, become more familiar with these players, I think they're going to mix things up a little bit more. But, yeah, there there was definitely times where I think there should have been more uh, emphasis on man coverage. I think we will. We'll see what happens uh, this spring. Spring practice is going to be really interesting this year, so we'll we'll keep watching on that. Um, he also says they could take a few lessons from Wisconsin on a tough aggressive offensive line play and i think uh, coach harvey hyde would agree with you 100 percent. he likes that tough offensive line play doesn't really get into some of the, the zone read things that go off he likes to get guys to just bust off the line and crack some people and get physical and you know i, I think it's a good idea as well um but you know they have certain philosophies and i think uh, you know they they work well in certain situations every every time you make a decision it 
there's good and bad that can happen. And, uh, you know, it, it just depends really on the situation going in there. And, you know, I think you can really look good in certain areas and look not, you know, not look as good in others. And uh, so I, I, I don't mind the zone read scheme, but I know I've talked to a lot of people that seem to have kind of issues with that. There's pluses and minuses for both ways, but we'll kind of see how they play that out uh, this spring. Uh, he wants to know about attacking on defense. He saw how Alabama blitzed on their own, on their own eight-yard line at the goal line. And I think, it's, you know, we talked about in the last question about being comfortable. I think the more comfortable Monty Kiffin at Orgeron and the defensive coaches Joe Barry are with these guys, I think they can be more aggressive. And, I, you know, I think there was definitely times this year where the coaching staff wasn't didn't have that same level of comfort with who they had, with what their you know skills were, uh, how well they knew the defense. The better they know the defense, the better the coaches understand the players' strengths and weaknesses, I think then they can become more aggressive. And I think in the second year of the program, you're going to see that. So they should be see a little bit more aggressive style, Coach G, in my opinion, going into the ne- this next year. Uh, here is Jason in Lodi, California, Wine Country, USA. He says, hey, Ryan, Dan, Harvey, Gerard, the whole podcast crew, hope you had a great Christmas. I look forward to your show every week. Well, thank you very much fight on and i have two questions for you uh it was we're gonna read one of these uh he's been reading a little bit about usc possibly running the spread i know this would help on the field with scholarship limitations and all however i feel like it would take away from the tradition of the pro style at usc and i shudder the thought of people thinking usc is copying oregon plus running a college system like the spread will hurt usc putting players in the nfl which in turn could hurt recruiting Thanks, God bless, and fight on. Uh, Jason, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. There's talk about it. And I think Lane Kiffin has shown that if you listen to him after practice, and we're down there after, you know, every time in practice, he'll say things. Um, he's not saying the kind of controversial stuff that he was saying when he was at Tennessee. But he will say stuff to kind of make people think. And he does like to keep people guessing. And I do think when you're talking about running kind of spread, I think that's more of a... I don't want to say he's trying to be deceptive, but he kind of is. I, I don't see this team moving to a spread offense. That's not something he's early run, and he's the head coach. Uh, they don't really have some spread guru that's come in there. And, you know, I, you know, I think uh, Clay Helton has some experience with that. But I just don't see that kind of happening. And, and the big thing is when you're recruiting, you have pluses and minuses for any program. And, it doesn't mean to be that the pluses and minuses are the same for every kid. USC is in the city. Uh, that's a plus for some kids. It's a minus for others. They're, you know, it's a big city, L.A., with the entertainment capital of the world. It's a plus for some, and it's a minus for some other ones. And I think a plus for most kids is the ability to put guys in the NFL. And the reason you got guys like uh, Carson Palmer and uh, uh, Matt Castle, and you, you got guys in the nfl mark sanchez playing quarterback uh you don't see that as much from spread offenses you know you don't see guys being put into the nfl i mean matt leonard's in the nfl he's a backup but um you know usc's got some quarterbacks in the nfl and quarterbacks see that and you know you can put receivers in the nfl or running backs in the nfl and i just think you have a better shot of doing that when you're running a pro style offense uh, even fullbacks. I mean, whatever you're gonna, you'll see what Stanley Havili does going in there. Um, I think it all it, it plays into recruiting. I know recruiting is a very important part 
of this whole career that Lane Kiffin has coaching football. I mean, I think he probably missed that in the NFL. You like the recruiting. If you're good at it, he's good at it. He's got a staff that's good at it. It really helps to know that you can put guys in the NFL. Players know that. They know that about USC. People will question that if you change that out. And, you know, you can argue, will the offense be successful? No, I'm not really going to comment on that. It's not my favorite offense or anything, but I do think the recruiting aspect is what's really important there. I just don't see it. Maybe there'll be some elements of it. We saw a little bit of Wildcat being run uh, this last year, and maybe we'll see some more of that. I'm not really sure, but the, I, I don't see that happening. I think it's more of a diversion than anything else, but who knows? You know, Maybe we'll come out in the spring and you know, boom, they're running the spread. I don't think that's what really Matt Barkley is going to be. Uh, <laughs> that's not really what he signed up for. And you got a guy like that. You don't really have quarterbacks on the team right now that are adept at running the spread. But, uh, you know, who knows? Stranger things have happened. But in my personal opinion, I don't really see that happening. The, the thanks for that one, Jason. Uh, here, Evan wants to know. I don't remember, but I think you said something about being near the Army All-American practice fields. Anyways, what current USC commit? Do you think we'll stand out more most during the game on Saturday? Well, yes, obviously we are at the we were at the Army All American practice today. We'll be at practices all week and get to see the USC commits. Uh the five guys that are committed to USC, Cody Kessler, uh the quarterback we talked about, George Farmer, uh the uh five star wide receiver, top five player in the country from Sarah High School, Victor Blackwell, uh he's Max Wittick's favorite target at modern day. Uh, wide receiver, um, De'Anthony Thomas, the Black Mamba, um, Crenshaw High School. He's actually lined up at uh, defensive back this week. We weren't really sure if he was going to play offense or defense. He was wearing the black jersey, which is a defensive jersey for the West, and played cornerback the entire practice. So we might play some running back later in the week, but as of right now, he was just playing cornerback and uh, linebacker Trey Madden. So those are the five guys that are in there. Who do I think is going to stand out? Well, so far, I mean, Cody Kessler was getting, there's uh, four good quarterbacks uh, here on the West squad, and uh, Cody Kessler was getting the first shot at reps most of the day. That might change. Uh, he definitely wants to start. You, we'll play the interview with him. You can He'll talk a little bit about that. But he would like to start in this game and uh, throw really nice deep balls today. He was definitely the most successful quarterback. They didn't complete, uh, you know, a super high percentage of passes, any of them. But I think... Cody probably completed the most, and he completed most deep ones as well. So he, he found George Farmer and some other guys deep, and uh, looked really like had a really good touch on the ball. Didn't uh, overdo it, and he wasn't trying to gun balls in there. And uh, you know, I asked him about that, and he definitely they th- they told him to just you know not try to do it all at once because basically they arrive, they meet these guys, they have meetings, and boom, the next morning they're in pads practicing. So it's uh it's rushed. I mean usually. When you're talking like spring football or something at USC, I mean, there's like three days without pads at all, and you're trying to slowly work your way in. They don't have that luxury here. I mean, you get the playbook. They got the playbook last night, and they were running full practice and one-on-one, seven-on-seven, 11-on-11 11 this morning with guys that you maybe never even met before or never heard of. So um, I look for Kessler to have a big game. Uh, George Farmer as well. I think uh, he rolled his ankle a little bit today, um, but looked good and uh, just, you know, fast physical receiver i think you're going to see some big things from him as long as his ankle isn't going to be slowing him down uh later in the week and then at, you know, victor blackwell looked good as well he played great in the morning and then he ended up dislocating a finger he played better than i thought he, you know i i was really impressed with what 
Victor Blackwell brought to the table. And Trey Madden, I didn't see as much of. Um, he sat out a little bit, and I, I just he wasn't in the reps. I don't know if he got banged up. We're going to try to find out and talk to him. Haven't had a chance to find out what was going on with him. And DeAnthony Thomas is an electric athlete, and seeing him out there, getting instruction from the, the DB coaches and, and learning different techniques and things like that, he could be special on both sides of the ball. So we're going to have to see what happens uh, with him there. But he'll be, he'll be an interesting guy to watch as well. But if I had to pick anyone just because he's at the quarterback position, and he, he has looked great so far, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cody Kessler. So there's that. Well, let's uh, speaking of Cody Kessler, why don't we play that interview from Cody Kessler? We will play that now, and then we'll take a quick break and come back with uh, Gerard Martinez, USCfootball.com recruiting analyst. We'll talk to him about what he thought. He's actually doing a uh, the West Notebook and writing up stories on what was going on with the West team for Rivals.com, so you can see that on uscfootball.com and rivals.com. So we'll we'll check in with Gerard after this interview with Cody Kessler. We're here at the uh, West practice Monday with uh, quarterback Cody Kessler. Cody, I heard you came in on Saturday night. What's the first couple of days here in San Antonio been like? Oh, it's been real cool. Uh, it's good weather, actually. I thought it was going to be a lot colder because I remember last year it was colder. But, uh, no, it was good weather, and we kind of got to meet everybody and uh, meet our roommates and everything. So, I mean, it's real cool, and uh, we had a good team meeting and stuff. So the guys are actually really getting to know each other really well right now. So it's, it's going good. What have you done so far? You had meetings, or what, what have you done before practice today? Um, today, actually, we have, I mean, all we've really done is eat and like kind of hang out. We had a little teams meetings last night, just to kind of get to know each other and split up like who's going to be on offense, defense, what group they're in, and stuff. And then this morning we had breakfast, kind of listening to some speakers and stuff like we did last night. And then today, I mean, our first really team practice, and everyone got together and kind of got everything going. And uh, it was full gear and stuff. So I mean, we kind of got to see everybody and how everybody played, and it was real cool. The competition level was way up. So I mean, I guess everyone came out and tried to. I guess prove something and stuff today, so it was cool to kind of see everyone go at it. I mean, they throw you in the fire. You got pads on the first day. You've yeah. only just met some of these guys as of yesterday, and you're playing yeah. with them right now. Well, I mean, I got a good connection with a lot of these guys too. I mean, especially George Farmer and uh, Anthony Thomas and uh, Victor Black, one of those guys going to SC and Trey. So, I mean, me and uh, George and uh, Victor, we were, th- we were all throwing to them the whole time. We got a really good connection, which was really good to see. Uh, especially on the first day, and I was going to Austin, Safari, and Jenkins, too. And uh, I mean, he's going to Washington, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool getting to throw all these guys that we're going to play against and stuff and all these big-time athletes. Now, there's some guys you're familiar with, like you mentioned in there, but is it hard for you coming in as a quarterback with the guys that you've really even never met before and you got to learn the playbook and get everything going right away? Um, not really. I mean, they gave us a playbook yesterday, and then we all learned. I mean, all the quarterbacks we learned about last night, and I had it down last night. And uh, it's kind of, I mean, getting to know the play. It's kind of getting the receivers to know it more than anything and getting the timing down is the biggest part because you can know what route they're going to run, but you got to know how they run it and at what depth they run it and stuff because it's different than the guys you've thrown to at your high school, and they're a lot faster too. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you just kind of got to adjust to the speed is the biggest thing. Uh, you're talking about the speed of the game, but you're used to being the man. Now you have to kind of split rough, reps with four guys. Is it hard to get in a rhythm for that? Um, not really. I mean, we all, we, I, we're all really good. I mean, we're cool to each other and stuff. And uh, me and JW played in uh, the Elite 11 camp. We did that together. So uh, we've known each other for a while now, and we kind of hit things off again. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's kind of cool getting to see other guys and helping each other out. And, I mean, I know we're all competing for the starting spot, but at the same time we all know that we're helping each other out and we want to, we're pushing each other to get better and stuff. So, uh, But the plays, I mean, really weren't that hard to learn and stuff. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of just whoever knew the plays the best kind of went first and all that stuff. And that was the biggest thing was learning the playbook. Now, if you kind of, it looked like you might have been taking it easy a little bit. You threw some really nice deep balls, but I didn't see the kind of zip in the passes. Are yeah. you kind of slowing down a little? Or? Yeah, well, a little bit. They said pace yourself today on the first day and stuff, and we're kind of just learning stuff was the main thing, too. And uh, 
I mean, <laughs> the footballs we have right now are like rocks, like literally. So <laughs> none of us could really get a good grip on it and let it go. But it was, uh, I mean, we're kind of just getting into things right now and going slow and kind of just working into all, learning the plays mainly as a base. And they said, hey, I mean, we don't really care how the ball looks or how you throw it and everything. But the biggest thing right now that we're doing is uh, we want everybody to know what they're doing so we don't look like we don't, like when we get to the game, everyone doesn't look like they know where they're at, they're supposed to be. How would you evaluate your first day here? Oh, I thought, it was, I mean, overall, I thought it was a great day. It was really fun getting into things again. I've, I've been off for three weeks now, and uh, it was nice to put pads back on and play again and get in the helmet. Who uh, impressed you out here that you saw from your receivers or running backs? All, well, all the receivers running. They were all, everyone can move, everyone was fast, everyone could catch the ball. So, I mean, everyone out here was really impressive, and the linemen were real big, too, which uh, was really <laughs> nice to have. But, uh, I mean, some of the defensive guys were really good, too. I mean, everyone out here, can, they proved they've already complained and stuff. That's why they're here. So, it's kind of just cool getting to see everyone in person. You got a, a few guys, a bunch of USC guys that are committed on this West team. Yeah. Do you guys as a group try to go out and try to talk to other players? And try yeah, to get a little, I mean, a little bit. Not really something like that yet, but I mean, because everyone already knows where they're going. Everyone's kind of committed. So, I mean, some of the guys that aren't committed and had SC in mind, I mean, we probably will, but no one really in like particular that we've really gone after and stuff. Like a Matt Barkley's been down here before, and he'd talk about, you know, when you're the quarterback and you're at one of these games, you're kind of like the head recruiter or whatever. Yeah, comes yeah, that's how it is. I mean, we <laughs> talked to all these guys, and I told George I was happy he committed like a few weeks ago. I was like, man, you had me scared for a lot. I mean, I knew you, you kept telling me you were thinking your SC was probably going to go, but when you waited so long, I was kind of nervous. But, uh, no, I mean, some yeah, that's how it all was this whole time, though. Once I committed, and, uh, I mean, after that, you kind of just go after and get all your guys because those are the guys that are going to be surrounding you and playing. And one last thing. Uh, looked like I thought um, – Victor Blackwell, before he hurt his finger, had a real good day, this, especially this morning. Yeah. George Farmer caught a bunch of balls, more in the afternoon so, but what would happen on that play? Well, talk about both those guys, but what happened on that play when he rolled his ankle on that touchdown pass from you? Oh, well, it was just a deep post. It was a play action deep post, and uh, I threw it up, and he caught it, and I guess when he caught it, the guy tried to get the DB, tried to get it the last effort, tried to get the ball, and he stepped out, and I guess he just stepped on his ankle. And he didn't roll it too bad, but when he stepped on it, it kind of twisted a little bit, but he said it, I mean, it didn't hurt too bad. He taped it up, and he was back out, and he said he was fine, so. And then with uh, Blackwell, maybe a few comments on Blackwell. Oh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's awesome. I can't wait to throw those guys, and I'm, I'm happy I get to throw to them now, so we're already building a connection by the time they get there. and Because uh, I'm going early, so I have to wait until they get there to start throwing to them. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love it throwing to those guys, and I can already tell that they uh, they like running routes and stuff, and they like doing like the, like the simple stuff and stuff, and uh, giving everything to detail. You can tell how they listen and stuff and how they want to get better, so it's, it's really good to see that. Cool. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, no problem. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concerts, sports, and theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. We had a little quick break there. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Cody Kessler from the West Practice Field after Monday's practice, the first practice for the Army All-Americans. They'll be practicing all week, heading up to the game on Saturday. We are joined in this segment by USCFootball.com National Recruiting Analyst Gerard Martinez. He was down there at the West Practice with me today. We we're checking out all the players, and he got to interview some of the guys after practice. So we're going to catch up with him. He'll give you what he thought of how the guys performed and some of the guys he talked to actually from the E-Squad. We didn't get to see them practice today. But we got to he got to talk to them yesterday at the media day portion of the event. So we'll get updates on all of that. 
with Gerard, and here he is. Gerard, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. There's a lot to discuss in terms of the, the performances from the Army All-Americans that we saw, and uh, a lot of little recruiting buzz, a lot of information about trips, and uh, some news that broke yesterday, and uh, so uh, there's a lot to cover today. All right, well, let's get right to it. Uh, let's talk, first of all, there's five guys committed. They're all on the West Squad uh, at the Army All-American Bowl, so let's go through those guys. Uh, maybe we'll start off with uh, Cody Kessler, the uh, quarterback uh, from Centennial High School uh, in Bakersfield. Um, he was one of the top performers today with the, you know, as, as far as the chart that we put up on Rivals.com. What do you think about Cody's performance? Cody played well today. He looked like he was very measured. He came out, and uh, a lot of quarterbacks, I think, in this setting, they want to show off their arm. You know, that's the big thing with quarterbacks, and there's a little bit of an ego to play in the quarterback position, and a lot of quarterbacks like to come in and try to put a lot of buzz on the ball. They try to put a lot of spin on it, and uh, Cody didn't do that. He really measured his passes. Um, I think he kind of, you know, took it easy, and uh, and it really helped him. I mean, he put good placement on the ball. Uh, he threw the deep ball really well, and that was the one thing that I think really separated him from the other quarterbacks today is that uh, his accuracy with the deep ball was tremendous, and he threw some great passes. He had a great fade pass uh, to DeAnthony Arnett, and then he turned around and had a really good uh, a long ball to George Farmer um, that was a touchdown pass as well. So he threw a touchdown pass to, I think it was three different receivers, and uh, ended up having a really good day today. So he was the most efficient quarterback, and you could see he kind of took command uh, of the offense. And it's an interesting offense because it's a pro offense. So um, we'll see, you know, how the practices progress. It was the first day of practice, and really today was a lot of installation and, and not so much about performance for the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, they just got the playbooks last night, and uh, I talked to him a little bit. He said he did, you know, we got to play the interview here on the podcast, but he did say he didn't put it all, you know, he wasn't trying to put it all into those throws uh, you know, they just told him to kind of take it easy a little bit. But the touch was good. I mean, the, the deep ball touch, especially in the morning, I don't think anyone completed any deep balls, and he did. Um, and then the afternoon, I think some of the guys started to catch up a little bit. But he kept, he continued to throw the deep ball well. And for me, he looked like the best quarterback out there today. Yeah, and he was really good at the pump. Uh, that was the thing that I think he did really well, especially getting open deep, is that he used that pump fake and kind of set up those DBs a little bit, and then guys, you know, basically got to go deep uh, behind them, and uh, that was what Farmer did. Farmer, on his touchdown pass uh, and his completion, was a good three yards uh, ahead of the, the defensive back on that, and that was really because of the pump fake. So, uh, you know, Cody just looked like he was kind of using all of his tools, but I, I felt like he was kind of going 75 80% uh, than, than the 100%. And so it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, you know, as we get into the more uh, – the tougher performance practices where they're really pushing the guys and they really want to see what they retain. Um, we're going to see if he can be able to, you know, to, to play, uh, I, I guess, uh, within himself as much as he did today. All right. One of his favorite targets. Let's talk about George Farmer, Sarah High School, five-star, one of the top players in the country, top five guys on the Rivals 100. Yeah, George is going to be interesting how he fits in on this team. It looks like he might end up being the deep threat, which, uh, interestingly enough, is not really what he plays at Sarah. He's not necessarily a guy that they use a lot just to run down the middle of the field, um, but he has got 10-4 speed, and it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate speed. And like I said, on his touchdown catch, he was good three yards ahead of the defensive back. He got it in back of the safety and uh, had him beat bad. He actually had to slow up a little bit for that ball, and that – created a little bit of opportunity for an injury. He kind of rolled his ankle in the end zone when he caught the ball, stayed on his feet. It wasn't a contact injury. It just was one of those weird things where he was a little gimpy coming out of the end zone and ran to the sidelines. He ended up on the trader's table. 
Uh, they, they looked at his ankle. They retaped it. He came back out and he played, and he looked okay. So we're kind of have to see how that happens. Uh, he remarked that uh, it was kind of a, an injury that he's had a couple times, and it's, I think, a recurring thing that um, it's almost like when you bite your lip. You know, you bite your lip, and it seems like once you bite it, you keep biting it. And that kind of seems to be the, the, what's happening with his ankle injury right now. It's just it's, it's kind of favoring it a little bit, and uh, he keeps kind of rolling it and, and injuring it. But it wasn't anything severe. So uh, he had a good day. Um, I, I think it's definitely just one of those things where these guys are trying to develop a little bit of an identity in this offense and kind of where they fit into the receiving core. Yeah, I think it was a little slower this morning. I actually uh, was filming, and during the morning portion of the practice before they break for lunch, I, I think I showed him like six or seven times. Every single time it was a run, it just didn't seem like things were going his way in the morning, and then he started catching some balls in the afternoon that you know, ended up rolling his ankle, but he still was a big factor there. One guy who did play well this morning I thought was Victor Blackwell. He was frequently targeted by the quarterbacks, Cody Kessler and the other guys throwing the football back there. So I think Blackwell had a really good morning practice, started off okay in the afternoon, then a pass that was a little high he tried to catch in uh, – dislocated a finger there, so he was out for the rest of practice. What do you think about Victor Blackwell? I agree with you. He did have a very good morning practice, um, really showed to be more of a possession receiver, which ironically is kind of the opposite of what he is for modern day. He, for modern day, he is the deep threat. He is really, you know, throughout his junior, even his sophomore season, was a guy that was really the vertical threat, the big play um, uh, skill guy for their offense and really made their offense go and uh, kept defenses from really kind of playing the line of scrimmage and, and stopping the run. And in this game, at least for the morning session of the practice, it definitely seemed like he was more of a possession guy. He was working the slant well. Uh, he was catching some good balls, especially towards the sideline. He was doing some great sideline stuff uh, and really working his feet and being able to play uh, with his hands out and, and kind of doing those fundamental things that were really well. Um, he did hurt his uh, dis- dislocated his finger and after that dislocation, we didn't see anything from him. He had some ice on his finger, and then he had it taped. Uh, he went and saw the trainer. So we'll see, you know, how that how he comes back from that. He did stay in full pads. He did stay out there with the team, watched the installation of the practice, and uh, it wasn't necessarily like he, you know, packed his bags up and was ready to go home. So we'll see how that affects him. But, uh, you know, he's had some injuries this past season. He's kind of been bit by the injury bug. He had a, a hamstring that he came off of with track. Um, earlier in the season, and then uh, actually uh, dislocated his shoulder uh, during, I think it was the first game of the season against Carson. And so he's been battling that for a while. So this year has kind of been tough for him. We'll see if he's been able to bounce back uh, from this dislocated finger because he did uh, start off the day uh, really well for, uh, for 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 the West team. And I think it was, you know, helped Cody Kessler really uh, with some of those underneath passes before he started throwing it deep. Yeah, I, I was impressed that the quarterbacks felt comfortable with him right away. He wasn't a guy that I picked as someone that might get targeted a lot early on, and he did. And uh, I think he performed pretty well. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, DeAnthony Thomas, the Black Mamba, Crenshaw High School, wasn't sure where he's going to play. He could still play some some running back coming up this week, but he started off today as a defensive back. He had the black jersey with the defensive back jersey. We got to see him. I thought he played pretty physical out there. He, there was a deep ball that he got burned on, but um, you know, they, the coaches definitely took some time during the one-on-ones to work on his technique when they were doing through drills and stuff, but I thought he played pretty well today. Yeah, the black moment had the black jersey on, and uh, it, it's interesting the dynamic with him and positions and the things that he says, and, you know, he wants to win a Heisman Trophy and play running back, and then, you know, he feels like corner is definitely his best position. The, the one thing that stood out just in this context and in this environment is how small he is. 
So when you come out here and you see these guys and you see these running backs and the defensive backs, specifically the running backs, when you've got Harvey Longy and you've got uh, Kenny Hilliard, uh, you know, Malcolm Brown, next to a guy when they're doing stretches like uh, the Anthony Thomas, you see how small the Anthony is. And the defensive side of the ball, it really is not as bad for him, mainly because he is so aggressive and he is so physical. And that is one of the things that stood out in this practice. And it definitely stands out when you watch him on film and you watch him in person just at the high school level. But even at this level of competition, he was jamming guys. And whenever he got you know a pass which was completed in front of him, he made sure to stick those wide receivers. And yeah. he wasn't he wasn't tackling them. It wasn't a necessarily uh, something that he was trying to do that was overtly aggressive or, or cheap. It was just he came up and he put a shoulder on somebody. And it was more that you heard him play in seven-on-seven seven with a lot of that, you know, that kind of stick and hit. And, uh, and that was kind of interesting because the defensive backs coach really made a point of saying that he liked that. He liked his thing. You know what, guys? They can p- complete that five-yard out pass. I just want to make sure that our defensive backs are in the right position to make a good tackle because we can force them to have to make that pass eight or nine times down the field. We're going to be okay. And so, you know, keeping things in front of him, obviously he's got that great speed. Keeping things in front of him, he's he's a guy that is going to be really good on run support. And despite his size, it's going to be a guy that can really tackle and be physical. I think you saw that from him today. So, yeah, and he's not played cornerback in high school ever. Cornerback is really only something he's played in camps at this point. So, you know, playing with pads on and playing corner is a little different for him. So he's going to, you know, take he's going to need some time to adjust to the speed and kind of get the feel of everything. Uh, but I think he played well today. I, I think he and, uh, and Charles Jackson were the two guys, smallest guys out there on the field, uh, probably, you know, some of the most physical, aggressive guys on the field for the West team. All right, and then the last uh, committed guy for USC here at the Armour American Bowl, Trey Madden, the uh, linebacker out of Mission Viejo. Uh, I'm not sure if anything was wrong with him. We saw him to go through drills and everything, and he started off 7-on-7, seven seven, but it looked like he wasn't, at least he wasn't getting as many reps as some of the other guys. I wasn't sure if he got banged up a little bit, but I, I don't, we'll have to get an update for you on there. But what do you think about Trey? I'm not necessarily sure what happened either. He did uh, seem to take off a, a lot of reps there towards the end in the team session period. Uh, but early you know, early on, he seemed very comfortable. I think the one thing that jumps out at you at Trey is that he's got great feet, and he's got great vision in space. And that, you know, when you're looking for a coverage linebacker, a linebacker to play against a spread offense, he's really what he really does a good job. I mean, he's not big. He's only about six foot, two fifteen, so he's one of the smaller, probably the smallest linebacker that the West has. But when you put him at that will side position and that weak side position, and he doesn't have to worry about um, you know a, a, a tight end coming after him, uh, he can really play in space and clean things up. I think that's where he's going to really excel in college. So he played pretty well today, especially in coverage, and I think that was you know really the important thing. And it could be, could be just a matter of him you know understanding the defense and not necessarily needing to get a lot of time there. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm not necessarily sure. I didn't see a specific play where he came off the field. He looked injured. Um, he was just kind of standing on the sideline and not playing a lot towards the end of practice. Yeah, there, he was shaking his hand one time, and I saw him kind of like playing with his ankle a little bit, but I never really saw any kind of injury there. So we'll, we'll get you an update on that. Check out uscfootball.com. We're going to be putting tons and tons of updates from the Army All-American Bowl uh, practices. We'll Correction, have, we have put We have put, already. We will put up more. we got lots of video coming. and Just Rivals itself. Even if we didn't do anything here, Rivals would be putting up so much stuff. But we're going to give you all the really specific USC stuff you're looking for as well. Specific video on just the guys we're talking about and all of that. Uh, let's talk about some of the prospects that are that are uncommitted that USC 
is still talking about and uh, you know trying to get to uh, commit to the Trojans. Lane Kiffin's trying to get uh, a couple of the West guys, uh, Harvey Lange uh, out of Utah, who we weren't sure where he was going to play. We, he he dressed out as a defensive player, but he played mostly running back today. Played some fullback um, out there. What do you think about what Lange did? He looked okay. He's definitely pretty tall to be playing. He's big. He's a big dude. <laughs> and, 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 it's, it's not, and again, it, you know, big, it's not necessarily, you know, size wise. I mean, Kenny Hilliard is much bigger than him. He, Kenny Hilliard's probably 250 pounds, but it's just his height and his running style. He definitely is a tall running back. Um, I don't necessarily know that he can't play running back, but it, he's tall. And I, it was intriguing to see him with the black jersey on and seeing him listed as a linebacker because you kind of wonder and you kind of think to yourself, you know, how would he project playing linebacker? But, Playing running back, he's got very, very good receiving skills. And that's the one thing you can say, uh, regardless of his height, that's not an issue. He, you know, As a receiver, he's probably the best receiver um, in that offensive backfield for the West team right now. And I think that uh, you know he took advantage of that and ran some pretty good routes. And he did that a lot in camp, so we kind of know that about him. Uh, we'll have to see as things get a little more physical, if his running style is an issue, um, if uh, you know playing upright and being a little more of a linear runner is going to be a problem for him and he's not going to be able to do much. Uh, the West team will... Using a pro-style offense, so it is very good to see the running backs. They didn't run the ball particularly well in this practice. Uh, in fact, they ran the ball pretty bad this practice. They couldn't really have any really type of interior running game going in this practice. Um, so that is going to maybe be an issue in terms of blocking. But the West offensive backfield, because they're running a pro-style offense, they will rotate those uh, running backs at fullback too. So we're going to see him in the lead block position a little bit. So, you know, he, he played pretty well today. Uh, but again, you know, the running game, I think overall, just wasn't all that impressive. He might get more reps just because of the fullback spot. He might be able to one that gets the most reps of all the guys that are on there at fullback. So it's an opportunity for him to get on the field even more. And we'll, we'll, it remains to be seen if he's going to play any defense at all. But I think there wasn't a whole lot of running backs there. So I think he, you know, yeah, I think he's got a good shot where he is there. Uh, how about uh, linebacker uh, Colt Lyrella? He's a uh, kind of a crazy guy, physical guy. It was pretty chilly out there. He had uh, no sleeves on and just like, you know, had his full arms bare during that morning practice, he actually put some uh, some sort of yeah. It changed in the in the afternoon. <laughs> he put he put on like he went from no sleeves to long sleeves in the afternoon. Yeah, so it was there, but he, he was physical out there. I, he had some problems early on one on ones. I was watching him. I filmed a bunch of the one on ones. Really was burned almost every time I filmed a one on one. But it seemed like when the full team kind of came out there, he he played pretty well in pass coverage. I thought and was physical at the point of attack. Really, I think the important thing to, to note about his performance is that he did not look out of place playing linebacker. He did get burned really on the wheel routes, really on the routes that, that where the running backs got vertical on him. If he couldn't come up and jam and get you at the line of scrimmage, then he had a hard time flipping his hips and running with the with the, uh, the running backs deep and vertical. But it's not necessarily an issue of him not being fast enough. It's not an issue of him not being able to play in space. He really is a pretty dang good athlete. I mean, in terms of looking at him, I think the, the two most impressive looking players that we've seen here in San Antonio thus far got to be Antonio Richardson, the big offensive lineman from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and Colt Larla. Uh, I think those two guys really stand out at you. It's just like, wow, these guys are physical specimens. And so as a linebacker, he did look good. He's playing Sam. I think it's just a matter of him not really understanding the position. He was in the wrong shade sometimes. 
he was trying to give uh, you know outside leverage when he should have been trying to give inside leverage. Uh, just kind of things that you, just in terms of not understanding the position, I think were more an issue. It's not. Nick Perry playing linebacker at the Army All-American game. You know, we saw Nick Perry out here, and he was playing strong side linebacker, and it was just clearly evident. Even though he's a good athlete as well, he just was not a linebacker. I definitely think Lyrella can play linebacker, and, and as a hybrid, once he starts to learn position, uh, will excel at the position because uh, he, he is a, he's a heck of an athlete. So, um, yeah, he did get beat today, but it wasn't an issue of athleticism in my opinion. All right, and one last one from the West, uh, defensive back Lamar Dawson. Yeah, Lamar Dawson was playing. Uh, he plays linebacker. So oh, I'm was, sorry, linebacker. He was playing. He well, it throws you out because he was wearing that 26. He's wearing number 26 out there. So you know, Ryan's thinking, oh, he must be a defensive <laughs> back or a safety. He, I tell you what, plays coverage like a safety. Now he is an excellent coverage linebacker, and it's again like Trey Madden. Some players just have an inherent ability to be able to play in space. And it's something you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. And with Trey Madden, he has it. He's a guy that also plays a little bit of quarterback. And with Lamar Dawson, he plays running back and tight end also. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, you're a skilled player, you're able to play with the ball in the air. It's clear Lamar Dawson can do that. Now, Lamar Dawson, he's playing weak side also, uh, along with uh, Trey Madden. I think he could play Mike and be just as good. He's a bigger body, obviously, than Trey Madden. You know, he's a good 6'2", almost 230 pounds. Uh, he played really well today. He had a pick. And seven on seven, he also had a couple pass deflections. It seemed like when the ball was in the air and it was in the middle of the field, he played it really well. He also snuffed out a screen pass to Aaron Green, which really, you know, it wasn't so much him playing the pass well. It was just that he knew to read the play well, and he just has an inability to do that. So uh, that guy right there is a, is, a, is a player to watch. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, if, if if the East team comes out and wants to be conservative and, and run a lot of check down plays, he's the kind of linebacker that can really snuff those out. All right. Well, let's go to the East. We didn't get to see them practice. Like we said, we'll try to check them out this week. But I know you got to talk to a bunch of these guys uh, at the media portion yesterday when the guys arrived. Uh, big offensive lineman Antonio Richardson out of Nashville, Tennessee. You already mentioned him with the, uh, before, but what do you talk about him? Uh, just first and foremost, wow. <laughs> he's impressive to look at. You know, you know, I've seen, you know, Chantrell Henderson and when he came down last year, he Chantrell's is just a huge human being and, and you just you're just amazed at how big he is. But in, Antonio is is big, but really great looking in terms of his frame and his build. Uh just tremendous wingspan, long arms, big hands. Uh, you know, he is a massive, massive football player. And I think probably the thing that really surprised me the most is just he can play tackle. He has the wingspan uh, and I think the athletic ability watching his tape to play tackle. And I think a lot of people thought, you know, maybe he's more of an interior player. Uh, that's that's not going to happen. And I think that benefits USC in his recruitment, actually, because when you look at one of the teams that's recruiting him pretty hard and he likes a lot is Alabama. Alabama... They've got a lot of tackles. You know, they got Aaron Douglas, who signed with them already, uh, a junior college prospect that USC was after. And they're also recruiting uh, uh, Cyrus Quinjaro a lot. And they feel like they've got a good shot at him. So I don't know if they're going to be able to beat both of those guys. This might end up being a USC-Tennessee battle. Now, obviously, he's from Tennessee. 
Nashville, but he knew the USC coaching staff when they were there, and they started recruiting him his sophomore year. So he has a great relationship with James Craig, and he talked about that glowingly. And he really talked about USC's coaching staff and the opportunity to maybe play at USC glowingly. And, and I think the way he talked, you could tell that the USC coaching staff had really kind of gotten to him, and he's picked up and regurgitated some of the information about USC. And I think that's an important thing uh, when you listen to a recruit talk about a school is he's starting to use some of that coach lingo that those coaches use. And you can tell he's got a little bit of that going with USC. So we'll see how that develops. Um, He is going to visit USC officially. He does not have a date for that yet. Um, so we'll kind of see, you know, how that works. Uh, USC might be jostling, uh, jostling a little bit there uh, to try to get the last visit. Uh, we'll see if that works. But um, he was more of a guy that, in terms of recruiting buzz, said some really good things about USC. And uh, in terms of being a player that can play right away at USC, oh, definitely. Definitely Antonio Richardson. All right. Uh, offensive lineman. Definitely a big need for USC. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a guy that uh, – it's it's definitely a positive uh, for USC in terms of uh, the recruiting process overall in their class, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, sticking with the offensive line, not quite as big. I think he's more about a 6'5 kind of guy, Andre Walker. Not quite as big, but <laughs> just as intimidating looking. He probably won uh, the intimidation award for you know the all-lobby team that uh, Rivals does. Uh, he's a big boy, uh, a little more of a guard body. I think, you know, kind of looking at him, I thought he, that's what Antonio Richardson would look more like. Um, but uh, Andre Walker's a guy that could probably even get away with playing right tackle. Um, USC stopped recruiting him at one point. Uh, they just kind of got off him a little bit. Uh, there were some rumors that maybe it was his grades. I don't think it's his grades. I, I think he, he, to me, seems like he's going to be okay grades-wise, uh, talking to him about that specifically. Um, I, I think it was just a matter of, do we really want to recruit a Glenville guy? You know, USC for years has recruited Glenville guys, guys like, you know, Teddy Ginn Jr. Um, last year, uh, USC was was after, uh, you know, a couple Glenville guys. And most of them ended up at Ohio State. Uh, and so I think you get a little bit uh, deterred. And, and you you know, if you're USC, it, is it a waste of your time? Are you spinning your wheels on Glenville guys because they all end up at Ohio State? I think with Andre Walker, he could very well end up at Ohio State. I think that's definitely got to be the team to beat for him. But I think USC needs offensive linemen so bad right now that it's like, hey, this guy wants to visit. He's talked about USC in the past. Let's get back in with him and see if we got a shot. So he's going to visit January 14th, and that's going to be very crucial for them. Um, That January 14th uh, weekend just continues to get bigger and bigger. I think, what, we got 25 prospects at this point that are slated – to, to, to visit, I think that's going to change. I think there's going to be some adjustment there with some of the local guys. They'll be pushed back later. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, Andre Walker, he, he, you know, and, and I think the hesitation by USC is going to hurt them a little bit. But we'll see. You know, if he's able to visit and he loves his visit, you never know what's going to happen with kids. All right, uh, you put a story up today on, uh, I think it was today on the possibility there could be a theft in Alabama. Uh, Brent Callaway, what's going on with him? Yeah, that's a long shot, but Brett Callaway actually, you know, another guy that uh, said some very specific things about USC uh, that were positive. And, uh, you know, Casey Kessler, or excuse me, Cody Kessler, uh, has been in his ear uh, throughout the year and, and trying to get him to officially visit USC. And, and, you know, Brett, to his credit, has actually been pretty consistent about that, talking about, you know, visiting USC. He wants to visit USC. He likes the tradition of USC. USC's been on him a long time. They were actually recruiting him back when that coaching staff was at Tennessee. Uh, so he's been in contact. 
uh, with Willie Mac Garza for a long time and, and has a pretty good relationship with him. And he wants to come out and check out USC and feels like he has an opportunity to play there very early. Now, he's committed to Alabama. He's from Alabama. Uh, he knows Alabama very well. And that's going to be, obviously, the team to beat for him. And he's still a solid commitment to Alabama. So, um, you know, the, the ruffling of feathers for Alabama would be if he visited Auburn. And he's kind of playing around with that idea, but he doesn't want a lot of drama either. So he may not do that. But USC, everybody's overlooking USC with the sanctions. They think USC has no shot. So, uh, I think he'll end up visiting USC, and we'll see what happens. It's a, it's a long shot, but you know what? I mean, it's a, it's a stab in the dark. All right. And then one last guy on the East squad uh, on USC's radar, Damian Swan. Yeah, Damian Swan has been pretty quiet this whole recruiting process, and he talked about USC early again and uh, was actually scheduled to come out and officially visit for the Notre Dame game, but that never happened. But now he says he's coming probably out. Probably a good thing for USC. Probably <laughs> a very good thing for USC. Uh, but now he's talking about visiting – uh, I, I believe it's January 21st is actually uh, the date uh, that he has set up for officially visiting USC. And he's a guy that can play corner, maybe safety. You know, I, I like to see him maybe play in the Army All-American game and kind of see where he fits in better. Uh, but uh, he's going to be a guy that's actually going to announce this weekend where he's going to college, uh, but then says he's going to still visit USC and some of these other schools. So I would predict that he ends up going to Georgia probably. Uh, some people are talking about Miami, but I, I think he ends up committing to Georgia this weekend, and we'll see if he ends up taking uh, official visits afterwards, one to USC January 21st. That's uh, one, That's all the prospects we want to talk about. One last thing I wanted to mention with you, Gerard, and uh, we put up a story on uh, Greg Townsend who's talking about he's going to commit at the uh, – He's at the other All-Star game, the Under Armour game. There's guys that seem to have, maybe there's some pressure or something for guys to commit um, while they're at the All-Star game, but they've also said they're going to come out and take visits. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, it's kind of the mockery of the verbal commitment uh, that, that there is right now. I mean, uh, you know, V. Moola uh, is a good example of, of a guy that, you know, says, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to commit to school this weekend. And he talked about Cal being his clear leader. And this is, but I'm still going to visit Oregon and Oregon State. And you kind of wonder, well, why would you come out and commit then, you know, if you still yeah. want to take your visit? It's such a, it's such a public way. And, and that's kind of been something that um, I think, you know, we've seen kind of, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's fallen apart a little bit, I think, what a commitment really means. And, 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 and at this point in time, I think with the recruiting process, there's signing day. And, 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 a, and a verbal commitment basically means, well, that school leads for that particular recruit. And it doesn't really mean anything much more than that. And there's some cases where kids are, you know, obviously grew up fans of the, of the school. And you're going to say, well, they're going to probably end up at that school. Um, but for the most part, I think uh, with a lot of these targets, if these guys are going to visit other schools and they're open – openly saying, hey, I'm, I may commit, but I'm still going to visit another school, then you're going to have to sit back and, and, and you know, watch and see what happens. Uh, I think with, you know, USC's got two other guys um, that are on the, uh, that you know, including Townsend at the Under Armour game, uh, which is going to play January 5th. Um, Saturday, they're going to have Harvey Longy and Colt Lyler are both going to announce their college decisions. And now Longy is done with the process after that. It doesn't seem like he's going to take any visits afterwards. Uh, Lyra, interestingly enough, is going to commit this weekend, and the only official visit he's taken has been to USC. Now, he's down to Cal, USC, and Oregon. Now, he's only unofficially visited Oregon and Cal. Now, you know, with Oregon, obviously, it's close by. He can go there a lot. A lot of people predict he's going to Oregon. He said some very interesting things about USC. I would encourage USC fans to read the update on him and also watch the Ant video that we put up uh, from, uh, from him at the media day as well. 
Uh, he was very specific, again, about USC and said some things about USC that uh, caught my ear and, and made me wonder a little bit about how he's on Oregon Lock. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Saturday he's going to announce, and we'll see where he goes. The same thing with Longy. A lot of people predicting him going to Utah. He talked about being a pro-style running back and how that was the system he wanted to play in. And then kind of caught himself and said, but, you know, Utah runs the spread, and that's the exception. <laughs> so we'll see. You know, I mean, he, you know, the home, the distance is maybe a factor for him, but he made it out not to be. So, again, there's some things that, you know, these kids say, and, and you really don't know, you know, when you talk to him in person. And, and this is the first time that I've talked to Lyra in person. And he was very well researched to talking about four threes and talking about defenses and, and where he plays the best. And, you know, Oregon is, is asking him to play offense. He's talked about himself as an offensive player in a lot of interviews, but then he's playing linebacker this weekend. His coach at Hillsborough High School feels like his potential lies at linebacker. And when you're talking about, you know, who can you compare him with, well, Brian Cushing and Clay Matthews are much easier comparisons in terms of his build and how he plays as a player uh, than he may have playing the offensive side of the ball, running back, or even tight end. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I think definitely talking to those guys, my impression um, as a writer and as a journalist, uh, was much more positive for USC's chances than I thought they would be going into those interviews. All right. Well, there's never a lack of drama when we're talking about recruiting, and there's never. going to be a ton of it. So definitely check out uscfootball.com. We're, we are, we have been, and we will continue to post tons of updates and a lot of USC players down here. I think uh, I think Mike Farrell said there's more USC prospects and commits than any other school down here. I mean, it's, there's a lot of guys here. From there's USC. five, and there's and there's targets, and a lot of people. You know, it's kind of what Brett Calloway said. A lot of people are overlooking USC because of the sanctions, and 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 you know what? It, it's not necessarily something that USC fans should should put a lot of. Uh, you know, they shouldn't put a lot of emphasis on it. I think with the early signing period, you saw a lot of recruits kind of get away from USC a little bit. I think the only guy that really hurt them. Uh, was Aaron Douglas. I think that was a kid they felt like they had a great shot at at a neat position, and he ends up going to Alabama. Uh, but it was a little bit of a, a wake-up call maybe, uh, not just for USC fans, but maybe even uh, the coaching staff. This is a different circumstance that they're in right now, and they've got to be hard on these kids. And we'll see. I, I mean, if they get one out of two this weekend, uh, or I should say one out of th- or two out of three this weekend, two out of four. Okay, wait, wait. Let me get my my, my, my <laughs> statistics correct here. We've got Townsend, we've got Lonnie, and we've got Lyra all announcing this weekend. If they're able to get two out of three, I think that's a huge win for USC, and it really you know picks up maybe what they can do out of state-wise. So if you're able to get Townsend and then you're able to get Lonnie or Lyra, I think that's definitely going to be something that uh, it, it'll make USC fans, I think, a little bit more optimistic going into signing day. All right. Well, Gerard, we really appreciate all the insight, as always, and definitely check out uscfootball.com all week for tons and tons of updates from the Army All-American game. Thanks again for joining us, Gerard. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone else, we really appreciate you listening in. I know it's been a on-the-road couple of weeks here on the podcast, but we hopefully you've uh, enjoyed them. They're kind of switch it up a little bit. We'll try to get some guests and stuff during the rest of the offseason. Of course, a lot of recruiting talk leading up to signing day. For Gerard Martinez, I'm Ryan, a- Ryan Abraham signing out from San Antonio. We'll talk to you all next week. listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. 
Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 